The word in Genesis chapter 7, 7, 11. Thankful for 7, 11s in the life. Then we're, we're going to read two verses there, then go to Genesis 8. Genesis 7, 11 said, In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep, the wells were broken up, and the windows of heaven were open. And the rain was on the earth for 40 days and for 40 nights. Genesis chapter 8, verse 13. And it came to pass in the 601st year, in the first month, the first day of the month, and the waters were dried up from the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark, and he looked, and indeed the surface of the ground was dry. And in the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth was dried. Then God spoke to Noah, saying, Go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. He even had to take his in-laws. That's a word for somebody today. He even had to save the in-laws. Bring out with you every living thing of all flesh that is with you, birds and cattle, every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, so that they may be bound on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every animal, every creeping thing, every bird, whatever creeps on the earth, according to their families, went out of the ark. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took up every clean animal uh, and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, Winter and summer and day and night shall not cease. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you today for your goodness and for your mercy. Lord, I'm so thankful for your goodness and everything that you have done for us today. Just your presence is enough. Lord, if, any, if nothing else happens today, Lord, your presence has been enough for us. So right now, Lord, we don't take this moment lightly. Lord, we know that we are sitting in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So right now, oh God, we give you our undivided attention. Lord, I pray that anything that may be fighting for our mind space, for our time today, Lord, we just, we just say no, not today. And we lay those distractions down at your feet. And I pray, Lord, that as this word goes forth this morning, may it be like fire in our bones. May it fall on the hearts and souls of men and women and students who are ready to receive it. And we give you all the honor and all of the praise. And the church said amen, amen, and amen. I was reading uh, a recent study by the Barna Group. Barna Group is a Christian organization that does researches all throughout the year on things that are impacting Christianity. And as I was 
reading of one of the outcomes of something was just somewhat mind-boggling, some of this information was. And it said that in 2022, the study was uh, derived in that time, and it said that two-thirds of the people that call themselves Christians, two-thirds of the people that say they are actually followers of Christ, only pick up their Bible three to four times a year. Three-fourths of people that say they are Christians, 66% of people that say that they are living a life that is laid out before them in the Word only pick up the Word for themselves three to four times a year. This, my friend, is why we need a revival of the Word. I said, this is why we need a revival of the word. This is why we, the people, we, the people of the faith must also be a people of the word. As, as we are living in these last days and as the signs of the time continue to intensify all around us quickly, a religious quote may get us through the moment, but it will not get us through a season. I said a religious quote may get you through a moment, but it will not get you through a season. Lyrics of a song, worship is powerful, but lyrics of a song may get us through a day, but it will not get us through a year. For a song may get you through the battle, but it's going to take the word of the Lord to win the war, somebody. Because the word is direct. It is telling us that if we are going to make it in life, we cannot live by bread alone but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of our God. And you need to understand this morning that the devil does not care about your opinion. The devil is not scared about what you think. The devil is not going to back up from you because of a denomination affiliation. The devil is not going to back up from you because of your political affiliation. But let me tell you something. The devil will begin to retreat. The devil will take a step back from you whenever he comes knocking on your door and you meet him with the sword of the spirit which is the word of the Lord and you've got to understand that God has given us a tool. He's given us a weapon and when we don't know what to do and when we don't know how to fight and when we don't feel like we can go home we can pull out the book. We can pull out the word and the Bible will begin to fight for us and will begin to push back darkness. Anybody thankful this morning that there's still power in his word? So as a pastor, as a preacher, I can no longer, even in a church, just stand in an environment like this and expect the crowd to know the basic details of just basic Bible stories. So here, as I've been reading the text this morning, I I read the end of that uh, uh, recorded account. But let me give you some more facts to build the beginning of this story. This story is about Noah and the ark. And it begins with the very fact that man was sinful. 
that the times that he was living in were times that were wicked. And while God is looking down on the face of the earth, he begins to witness this sin. And we watch as God begins to deal with the sinful nature of those that he actually created to be holy. If you don't know this or not, God created you inside of your mother's womb. He knew you. That is why we fight for babies. That's why we stand up for the unborn because we believe at the moment of conception, God knew that child and he was already speaking blessing and favor and identity over that child. Amen. So here we are, even in our mother's womb, he knew us and not only did he create us, but he created you to be Holy, He created you to be pure. And yet while God begins to handle this situation, while judgment begins to come to earth as we witness it, there was still one man that found favor. There was still one man that had the ability in the middle of judgment, he found grace. Aren't you thankful for God's amazing grace this morning? That was pretty weak. I said, aren't you thankful for God's amazing grace this morning? Aren't you thankful that if God can just find one man, that if God can just find one woman and they experience his grace, that one person is enough to turn an entire story around for his goodness. If he can just find one person that will dedicate themselves to him, it will shift eternity for a nation. Aren't you thankful that God doesn't need a whole nation to believe? Aren't you thankful that before God begins to turn something he does not need a whole army to be on board but if he can just find one person he can change a whole narrative if he can just find one person that will say Lord I am here and I will obey you it can affect an entire generation and amidst sin and the turmoil God found that one man and that one man that he found was Noah God speaks to Noah and he informs him that he needs to start doing something because he informs him that it is about to rain. It is about to rain. And I'm sure if you know the word, I can only imagine that Noah is looking or listening to the Lord. And I'm sure Noah is like, what is rain? Because it had never rained on earth. The word says that there had been mist and there had been dew on the ground that kept the vegetation alive for the people. But there was no record of rain, especially like the rain that was about to happen. And we listen as God tells Noah, build an ark. What do you do when God speaks to you to build something that you have no reference point for? What do you do when God tells you to do something that you never thought you would ever do? What do you do when God gives you a vision or a dream of something that you never thought you would be able 
to accomplish. Can anybody relate to that? Can anybody concur to the moment that when God asks you to do something that you never thought you would do, when God tells you to do something that you've never seen, when God tells you to go places you've never gone, when God tells you just to listen and obey him and speak things that you never thought you would speak to a neighbor. And so often the reason that we don't see the church don't see breakthrough, the reason is that we don't see growth because when God gets ready to do something new, we are stuck in the hold. We are stuck in the only things that we have seen. But God is looking for one person in the hour. God is looking for one family. He's looking for one house. He's looking for one church that will be obedient because whenever you are obedient, it will allow you to go places you've never gone. It will allow you to see things you've never seen. It will allow you to do things that you've never done before. Is there anybody in the room this morning that can testify and say, I don't care what people think about me. I don't care what, I don't care if people laugh at me. I don't care if people think that my, that my, that my praise is crazy. I don't care if they think I am crazy. I don't care if they talk about me. I don't care if they gossip about me. But guess what? Whenever the Lord says move, I will obey the word of the Lord. I heard this quote. It said, obeying God means that you will have to have no obligation to your current reputation. Whenever you get ready to obey God, it means that you have to have no obligation to your current reputation because God will ask you to do some crazy things. He'll, he'll have you start a business and you don't even have the money for it yet. He'll have you to start a ministry and only, and only have five people. He'll, he'll give you a job that your resume says that you aren't certified for. But God is looking for a people that if he opens the door, they will walk through the door. Noah had never seen it. Noah had never heard. He didn't understand it. But God said, build it anyway. And he obeyed. And get this, he thought he was just building an ark, but he was actually building the world, a representation of the man that would one day be known as Jesus. They didn't see it in the moment. He thought he was building an ark. But he was also building a physical representation of the man that would be known as the savior of the world. Yes, it was an ark, but the ark was a foreshadowing of what Jesus was going to be when the prophecy would be fulfilled and the word would become flesh. You may ask, well, I can see how it is an ark, but how is this a representation? You need to get this because one of the things is that the ark was made out of gopher wood. It was one of the most dependable wood woods of its time and this this the live tree 
had to be cut down and die in order to rescue a people. How many of you know that Jesus was alive and he was crucified to rescue a people? And how many people can testify that Jesus may have died, but he did not stay dead all in order to rescue a people? I want you to get this because the word gopher, the gopher wood, is derived from the same word as brimstone. Brimstone, if you know a brimstone preacher. It was back in the old days that he said they were fire and brimstone. Brimstone is in the context of fiery judgment uh, and uh, on sin. We, we, we see this word being translated into brimstone seven times in the Old Testament. The ark reminds us that the only way to escape the wrath, the only way to escape the brimstone is to get in the ark to be in Christ Jesus. Amen. You need to get this because also the ark had three floors, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There was only one door to get into the ark. You cannot get in unless you use the one door. It points to the very fact that Jesus is the one and the only way. He's the truth and the life, and nobody comes to the Father but through him. And this very lesson needs to be taught today after the after these statistics because we are living in a generation in America we are living in a generation of the world that needs to be taught this because you've heard that you've heard that there's other ways you've heard that there's multiple ways but I want to remind the church today I want to remind our city today there's no other way other than Jesus Christ he's the only way he's the only truth he's the only life that we need can we just take a moment this morning and praise the one and the only can we just take a moment and give thanks that he's the only way the ark is like Jesus cause everybody was invited to come but everybody didn't whosoever will let them come aren't you thankful this morning that that invitation still stands today I said aren't you thankful that that invitation still stands today aren't you thankful that you are a part of the whosoever and that invitation is still good today aren't you thankful that our God does not care if you are white he doesn't care if you are black he doesn't care if you are Asian he doesn't care if you are Latino his invitation is for everyone this morning he doesn't care if you are rich or if you are poor this invitation is for everybody you may be messed up or you may have it all together but if you've got breath this morning the door is open to you and he is the one and only way the word said that the rain came but get this the word says that this flood did not just come because of the amount of rain on the outside. But the Bible says that when it came time for this flood, the word said that he broke open the wells of the deep. Not only is this story a representation of Jesus, but it is also a foreshadowing of what God wants to do today in the spirit. 
I said it is also a foreshadowing of what God wants to do today in the spirit. He wants an overflow of his presence. Because see, rain will distract the church. Wind will distract God's people. See, the enemy may try to make it rain. He may try to make it storm. But when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of God raises up a standard against him. Where does the water come for this kind of spiritual flood? Where will that water come that we sing about that will cover the earth for such a spiritual flood as this? Guess what? The word says that it is actually, it will not fall from the from the sky, but it is inside of you. And so often we want spiritual rain to fall but you've got to understand that this kind of overflow is actually on the inside of you because Jesus said within you there are wells there are streams of living water that's why you cannot be caught off guard by the wind that's why you cannot be caught off guard by a little rain because when it's the right time somebody say right time when it's the right time the word said that God will break forth the wells inside of us. He will open you up and whenever the well is released inside of you, my friend, that's when you can push back some darkness. I don't know about you, but I don't just want a well inside of me. I want that well to be unloosed today. I want that well to be broken open. I don't want to be full of water. I want to be overflowing with the spirit. Anybody with me today? If that's you, say, God, break it open this morning. Come on, say, God, break it open this morning. I'm not satisfied with just a stream being inside, but I want you to break that thing open. The rain fell. The wells broke forth from the ground. And the ark was lifted higher and higher and higher. The word says, until the whole earth was covered with the water. Because how many of you know there's coming a day when the whole earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord? With the glory of the Lord and it will not happen until the wells inside of the church are broken loose and for 40 days and for 40 nights it rained some of y'all can't take 40 minutes of rain Some of you got to update your Facebook when it's rained for 40 minutes. <laughs> 40 days and 40 nights it rained. You need to get this lesson from the ark today. In, in Hebrews 11, we are reminded that Noah built the ark for the saving of his household. Hmm. For the saving of his household. Get this. Real ministry starts at home, not the church. I feel like I'm about to stir up some demons this morning. 
God expects us to live in our homes like we pretend to live at church. Thank you. If we say we believe in him, our house should be in him. And God is looking for people in this tower that know how to handle their home. God is looking for people that are making sure their families know Jesus. And they will go beyond any limit to be sure that their offspring are saved. Are there any mamas, are there any daddies in this house this morning that will say, it may be like hell on the outside of my house, but hell's not getting in my house. It may be like hell on the earth, but I'm going to make sure that my kids know the power of God inside of my house. I don't care what other parents say about me. I don't care if they talk about me, but God has entrusted these kids with me. Lord, I dedicated the to uh, them to you as a child and I will do everything in my power to make sure that my offspring know Jesus Christ you gotta get this we want our kids to know a lot of things about a lot of people and a lot of things fighting for their time but you gotta get this because if your child is playing high school football Are you ready? They have a 0.08% chance they'll make it to the NFL. If your child is playing varsity basketball in high school, they have a 3% chance that they'll actually go to college and play. And if they actually go to college and play, that 3%, out of that 3%, they have a 1.2% chance that they'll play in the NBA. But let me tell you something this morning. There is a 100% chance that one day they will stand before the Lord. And you've got to make sure that they're ready. Some of you don't like me this morning. It's okay. But guess what? Your child has about 0% chance that they're going to be a pro. And whenever they do get a pro, the window is like this of how long they'll actually be in the sport. But there's a 100% chance that your child, your offspring will stand before the Lord. And guess what? When they get there, the Lord's not going to say, how many touchdowns did you make? RBIs, what was your batting average? He's not going to say, how many goals did you get? Woo, feel it. Kids, close your ears. He's not even going to ask them, what was your GPA? He's going to say, where's the blood? Where's the blood? And now in this day, mamas and dads, we've got to get our kids in the ark. You'd be shocked how much this house changes when your house changes. I feel like I'm stirring something up. Because sometimes... 
the church can't experience breakthrough because your house is in bondage. Sometimes the church can't walk through a door that God has opened because your house hasn't been obedient. Sometimes the church cannot experience financial breakthrough because your house is in financial bondage. What would happen on a Sunday morning? What would a Sunday morning look like if the Holy Ghost was flowing in your house every single day and we didn't have to take 15 minutes to get your face looking better? We didn't have to take 15 minutes to get you to look like you actually want to be here. We didn't have to take 15 minutes to warm you up so you'll raise a pinky. We didn't have to take any time. But what would happen if you were walking every day in your house and the spirit was flowing in your house let me tell you what would happen you wouldn't need a worship pastor you wouldn't need a pastor to get you up you would walk in here and the spirit would meet you right here and it would be called revival and now we depend on the church to build our ark Now we depend on the church to do our job. I'm going to bring them an hour and a half, and I want you to change them. We're going to bring them an hour and a half a week because we don't have time to come on Wednesday nights, Sunday nights. I'm just going to get it all out. but I'll break my back to get my kid to practice. I'll change jobs if my boss won't let me off. But all I've got is an hour and a half for you, church. And you better make them a spiritual giant. (sighs) And now we are depending on the church to build our ark to do our job. I feel like it's getting deep in here, but I'm willing to walk through it if it'll set somebody free this morning because we've got to have some parents that rise up and will put their foot down and say they may be doing that mess down the street, but you're not doing it in my house. They may, they may be smoking that down there, but you're not smoking that in my house because for me and my house, because for me and my house, I said because for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord because righteousness don't start at church. It starts in the home. Where are the parents? You may not even have kids today and you're like, I thank God I don't have a kid. You may have a spouse. You may be single. But if you've got a house, where are the people that that will declare this over their house and say sin stops here and righteousness begins here? They are in the ark. And while they are in the ark, God is transitioning them. Because when you go in the door, you don't leave like you came. When you walk through him, you'll never be the same. And get this. Ben, help me out. As God was preparing them for the new season on the inside of the boat, God was preparing the outside of the boat for them. There on the inside, God's preparing them. 
Little did they know God was preparing something on the outside. The land was drying up. It no longer looked like it did before. It was a new season. And now that they have been prepared on the inside, and now the outside has been prepared for them, the word said that the door opened and God told Noah, it's time to step out. You got to get this. Because Noah and his family steps out. It's a place he's never seen. Can you imagine? It's not the place you just left. And now you step outside and everywhere you look, it's just all new. (laughs) They step out and we watch as Noah begins to process a new season. And if you feel like you are on the verge of a new season, you need to take note of this. You may be in a new season. You need to take notice because we watch what Noah does as he processes this new season. And before he goes out and builds a life, before he goes out and builds a new career, before he goes out and builds new relationships, before he goes and builds a new house, he builds an altar. Get this. Because we, us, you and I, the American Christian, we build the altar last. Tragedy hits, then we build an altar. Death comes knocking on our door, then we build an altar. Financial destruction comes to our house, then we build an altar. Divorce comes knocking at the door, then we build an altar. Our children start wandering out in the world, and then we build an altar. Why do we pray last? Because we get distracted by the rain and forget there's a well. Noah is setting the example because for every new season, God will will require a new altar. We can't get where we're going by doing what we've always done. If you want to get in a new season, it will require a new altar. And that's why so many Christians never move forward. They don't want to build a new altar. They don't want to spend more time with the Lord. They don't want to pick up their Bible more than three or four times. They're fine with the old altar. And they wonder why they cannot get into the new season. But for every new season, God's going to require a new altar. Noah starts building it. If you want it, You've got to build it. Stop waiting for handouts. Stop depending on the manna that we talked about last week, but go get it. And guess what? 
I can't build your altar for you. And you can't build my altar. I can give you directions. I can help you with supplies. But I can't build it for you. (laughs) He goes and builds this altar. And the word said, it created a place of sacrifice. When is the last time your family made a sacrifice for the Lord? (laughs) Sacrifice. There were no animals out running around and he was like, hey boys, go get one. So it must mean that he had to go back into that ark, one of his own, and get an animal off of it and sacrifice it. In other words, it wasn't like he was just overflowing in abundance, but he was giving whatever he had left. In other words, he didn't have an abundance of it, but it was truly a sacrifice. Because I'm sure he's looking around like, well, how are we going to live? There's nothing here to eat. I mean, I don't know, but I know good and well. Noah wasn't a vegetarian. Come on, man. I bet he liked his red meat. He's like, what are we going to eat? Veggie burgers. Cauliflower. Uh-uh. What are we going to eat, Lord? It was a sacrifice. And the word said, this is somewhat disgusting because it said that the smoke begins to create a fragrance that was pleasing to the king. I'm sure Noah was there thinking, this is... burning flesh singeing hair Uh. and God looks down and the word said that it was pleasing to his nostrils because it smelled like obedience (laughs) and so many people don't like coming to church because there's hypocrites or church hurt or but you can either choose to come into a place like this with your stench or stay out in the storm and they brought everything that and the words that when they built this altar that the Lord was pleased because it wasn't pretty but it smelled just like obedience can't you see that day Noah getting out he just built an ark years worth of labor now here he is 
and he's building an altar. I can just see him getting his family together. His wife, his kids, his in-laws. And I can just see it was a family affair. As they get down and they get down in front of the altar and they just begin to worship as a family. 